identify your niche and competitive advantage and leverage it very aggressively to differentiate from the crowd because you're always going to have competition. There's always going to be people that can do things better than you. And what's your kind of unfair competitive advantage? It's that time of year again, tax season. How are you doing on tax season? How's that treating you so far? Well, if you have a lot of receipts and you're organizing things like your income and expenses and creating reports, and you're also trying to keep up to date with the new tax reform this year, there's a lot of deductions that we can take to maximize return. And there's a lot of strategies that we need to make sure we're aware of. Are you optimizing for the new tax laws? Well, our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide. And I've read it. This is the ultimate rental property tax guide. I'm talking about they've got everything covered from opportunity zones to entity selection to establishing a home office, travel expenses, what type of travel expenses are deductible, real estate strategies, tax strategies, capital improvements versus repairs. I mean... This is the ultimate rental property tax guide, and you can get it for free by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. You have to sign up for an account, but the account is free. So when you sign up for a free Stessa account, you will get this guide. This is worth its weight in gold for sure. Go to stessa.com, S-T-E-S-S-A.com forward slash best taxes. And when you work with Stessa, Stessa is a tool that helps every rental property owner track, manage, and communicate the performance of our real estate investment. So it's going to save a lot of time during tax season, but then also through the rest of the season as we go and grow our rental portfolio and optimize that. So go to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. Get that ultimate rental property tax guide. Best ever listeners, how are you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Ari from Capital Real Estate. How are you doing, Ari? I'm doing great. Really honored to be on the show. feel like I'm talking to a real estate celebrity. This is very exciting for me. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. And looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Ari. He went from being a journalist to marketing for 10 plus years and now a part-time real estate investor. He controls over $1.5 million worth of real estate while he's working full-time. His company is Capital Real Estate and based in Chicago, Illinois. So with that being said, Ari, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yes, absolutely. So I consider myself a journalist with an entrepreneurial mindset who became an accidental landlord. After investing in single family homes, I actually got a $12,000 deposited into my bank account from just one home because of a clause that I put in a lease. And I was comparing that to my annual bonus I get at my job in sales and marketing. I said, hey, I'm doing the wrong thing. I really have to take more control of my financial destiny. And I thought real estate was a really good opportunity to do that. What was that clause? The clause was, if you break the lease, you have to pay three months of rent plus stay there for an additional three months. So the tenants just went ahead and paid me six months of rent. Huh. So if you break the lease, you have to pay three months of rent, plus you have to stay 
stay there an additional three months, but they broke the lease, so they weren't staying there. So essentially, if you break the lease, you have to pay six months rent? Essentially, yes. And I'd love for you to continue what you're about to say, but just a follow-up question. I believe there are laws in place that if the fees that you charge tenants are above and beyond what's typical when you go to court, then the ruling will not go in your favor because it's like, well, this is way above and beyond what you should be charging. Was that ever a factor whenever you were drafting that up or did you have an attorney look at that clause? Yes, I did. And I just want to caveat this by saying that I am not a real estate attorney. So what I did is I had this drafted up with my real estate attorney within the state that this property is located and it was compliant with the regulations because the penalty was just three months. It was actually a three-year lease and then they had to stay an additional three months while I find another tenant. The tenants actually decided because they were going to be leaving just to pay the six months all in one go. Okay. Yeah. With it being a three-year lease, I imagine that helped your cause. In the state that the property was in, is that Illinois? Pennsylvania. Most of my investments are in Pennsylvania. Okay. Please continue. Just wanted to clarify that. Great. So I was doing the math after I was investing in the single family homes and I saw, hey, if I'm getting cash flow between $200 and $400 a month, it's probably going to take me 10 to 15 years to reach financial freedom. So I should look at something else. So I really spent a lot of time figuring out what I should look at and kind of aligning a little bit with my strengths and identified that apartment buildings were a good opportunity. Specifically within the apartment buildings, I kind of looked at what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, and really spent a lot of time finding my niche. So with single family homes and things of that nature, it's very difficult for me. I don't have time to drive for dollars, so I can't get the deals good enough. I'm not good at fixing toilets, appliances, anything, electrical, carpentry, things of that nature. So I can't kind of DIY it. I can't DIY be a property manager because I have a demanding full-time job. So I felt I wasn't able to get the returns that a lot of my competition was able to get with the smaller units, but I found a white space in the market where I thought I could get better returns. And I want to tell you a little bit about that white space. Cool. There are apartment buildings that are around a million dollars or somewhere around that range that are too big for the local real estate investing crowd to kind of want to sink their teeth in, but they're too small for the big institutional money to go in after. So when we make offers on these sort of properties, we see that we don't have a lot of competition and we're able to get it at a good deal. How many have you purchased? We recently purchased a 20-unit deal, and we're also in the process with some other deals. Okay. So let's talk about that 20-unit deal. What was the purchase price? The purchase price, we ended up getting it for only $780,000. It was listed on the market for over $900,000. But we really went in there understanding a lot about the seller, the seller's motivation, building credibility, and we put together a very strong offer to be able to get it under contract. One of the things that we utilized in our offer strategy that I think is very helpful is a very big escrow money. We put $100,000 in escrow, contingent on financial and inspections in order to close this. And that alone, we were very transparent about 
our financial background, our financial profile, and kind of our net worth. And we gave them a lot of information that really put them at ease to know that we really could close. That coupled with relationship building, we were local to the area. We saw them. We built rapport, really solidified our offer and getting it under agreement. And we moved very quickly too. Where are you based, Chicago or Pennsylvania? Well, I'm from Chicago, but now I'm based in central Pennsylvania. Okay, got it. So this property is also in Pennsylvania. That's correct. Cool. And you mentioned you knew the seller or you got to know the seller and their motivation. What was their motivation for selling? Well, they were part of a partnership. And one of the partners owns a restaurant chain and they were looking to expand into New Jersey. So they wanted liquidity. Actually, the ownership team had actually put some really strong improvements in place. They weren't looking to sell this. They were fixing it like they wanted to hold on to it. What they did for the heat pumps, the air handlers, they fixed the roof, they blacktopped the parking lot. They made a lot of good sound improvements on the building, like they were going to hold it for the long haul. But one of the partners needed to get out. How'd you find the deal? I found the deal going to a local meetup. We have a lot of meetups in central Pennsylvania that a lot of times at the front of the meetings, anybody that has deals puts it out there. I had gone through the process of trying to build a relationship with commercial realtors. I have gone through the relationship of marketing online, marketing directly to sellers. But this was kind of a word of mouth at a meetup. And it wasn't actually just presented to me. It was presented to the entire meetup group. But I was the kind of guy that went full steam ahead on it and moved quick on it. You said we. Who's we? We is me and a group of people that I have that invest, but they're a little more passive. How do you structure that with them? So we structure it through the operating agreement with the LLC. It's a smaller amount of people. Again, I'm not a real estate attorney. I would say, please check with your real estate attorney on how you want to do it but we have it a little bit more, the promissory note, LLC operating agreement structure. And how much of your own money did you put into the deal? I put probably about 50 grand of my own money and I raised over 200,000. And what type of financing did you put on it? 10 year fixed, because I know we're kind of towards the top of the cycle. So I wanted to have more long-term debt on this asset. What lender, what type of program did you use for that 10-year fixed? I got a portfolio lender with a local bank in the region. It's a 20-year AM, and I got it for 4.89%, which was really a good rate at that time. And I also was able to negotiate with the bank, built a good relationship. So we were able to lock it up for that amount of time at a good rate. I know money is hard to come by nowadays. The $50,000 that you put in and yes. in total, there was 250000 worth of equity into the deal, correct? Some of that 50000 was due diligence costs. So I would say the amount that I put into the equity of the deal, my personal money was closer to twenty five to 30000 Okay. But you got reimbursed at closing, right, for the due diligence costs? Because this was my first deal... I actually did not charge any sort of acquisition fee. I'm not charging any management fee. I'm not going to have a disposition fee. So this was really because I had had results with smaller properties. I wanted to demonstrate that I could have those results on a larger property. So for my investors, I didn't charge any fees at all. 
for the loan, did you and your investors have to submit financials to get approved for it? Yes, we both had to guarantee. Okay. When you say both, did you just have one other investor? Did you have... One other investor put up the most money that they had to guarantee. The other investors were a smaller amount, so the bank didn't require their personal guarantee. Got it. How many months ago did you purchase this 20 unit? We closed on it on March of 2018. Okay. Um, About a year ago. mm Mm-hmm. And one last question about going into it, and then we'll talk about how it's gone over the last year or so. What was your business plan going into it? My business plan going into it was purchase it, make a few improvements, a few adjustments, hold on to it. We weren't planning to do either a reposition or add much value to it. We thought it was a solid investment. We had 10-year fixed money. We wanted to try it out, see how it was performing. We didn't have a big refi out. We have 10-year fixed money. So this is kind of like what I look at as the backbone of our real estate investing business. This is going to be that solid asset that keeps performing for us over 10 years. We didn't plan to juice this or pull money out at all. We planned to refi in 10 years. So what's transpired over the last year or so since you've had it? Over the last year or so, we found out that a good amount of tenants were not paying as much rent or they weren't paying on time. So we've actually had 11 turnovers. We had to buy a lot of new heating systems. We had three evictions, new HVAC systems. But long story short, we increased gross rents at the end of the day by 15%, and we reduced our fixed maintenance costs by 8%. So all in all, we've added about $250,000 worth of value to this property in the first six months. That was not something that we were setting out to do, but when we saw the rent wasn't coming in, we tested the market with a little bit higher rents and the market responded well. We had good results with it. Did you attempt to put in a similar clause that you had when you received a $12,000 deposit for your one house with these units? That's a good question. We're using a professional property management and they standardly don't use that sort of clause in language. But now that you mention it like that, I'm going to talk to them about it to see what makes sense to do with this asset. So you got the 20 units and do you still have single family homes? Yes, I got a single family home. We're about to close on another five units as well. We got a fourplex and another single family home, but really the sweet spot that we want to focus on is the million dollar range up to two million dollar range apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. You said you're about to close on the five unit, the single family home. How long ago did you purchase that and what did you buy it for? We purchased that single family home back in 2013 and we purchased it for about $230,000. That was our original kind of first house I ever bought with my family. It's a house hack, essentially. We could sell it, but we were approached. Someone wanted to rent it, people that were viewing it. So we crunched the numbers and we rented it out. Since the market has gotten so hot in that part of Pennsylvania, that town where we invested in, we bought it in. We just recently sold it for 280000 So we got about 50000 higher than what we bought it for. And then is the five unit under contract right now? Yeah, we're about to close in the middle of February. Cool. And what are the numbers on that one? 
it's a single family and a fourplex. We're able to get it for about, I think it was 215K or something like that. And there's upside in rent from a cap rate perspective. It's close to kind of a eight, nine cap. So these are good investments. And we are very much value investors, which is why we haven't been as active in 2018. It's not that we haven't evaluated. We just haven't gotten under agreement on a lot of stuff because kind of the cycle of the market right now. The lessons that you learned on the 20 units, if you were presented the exact same scenario where you come across a 20 unit, it's literally the exact same thing. Anything you would do differently going into the deal that you learned from the initial acquisition of the first 20 unit? I may do the apostle certificates on the rents to make sure that we're getting the rents. The what certificates? From what I understand during the due diligence, there's the option to do some sort of apostille certificate where you can verify that the rent is actually coming into the property manager's bank account or wherever. That's one piece I would probably do differently. When we did the inspection, the inspector noticed that there was a connection to an underground storage tank that may or may not have oil in it, environmental issues in it. So we didn't even follow up with that until last minute. And we were very worried that there was some issues with it. So we did a full environmental test where they did the soils and everything and everything's okay. And everything turned out fine because it was handled properly, closed out properly. But if it wasn't, that would have been very challenging. So I would have looked at that clue that we got from the initial inspection a lot earlier. And spending a little more time with due diligence on the market rents because this place didn't appear to be under rented if you look right next to it, but kind of the quality of what these units had, because every tenant can control their heat and AC and everything like that, and it has dishwashers in it with the area around it, the rentals did not. We've actually been able to raise the rent more. And if we would have done probably a broader analysis of the greater submarket, we would have seen that value was there earlier. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say identify your niche and competitive advantage and leverage it very aggressively to differentiate from the crowd because you're always going to have competition. There's always going to be people that can do things better than you. And what's your kind of unfair competitive advantage? And one of the things I saw was for me, I had a corporate job. So me connecting with banks, commercial realtors, things like that, that was more business related came easier and more natural to me. And I made better relationships that way than if I was trying to talk to a motivated seller in a residential environment. That, and I think study a lot about offer for me, I think is so important. And I try to read as much as I can about offer strategy and how to structure offers and negotiation. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Stessa is the essential tool for tracking your rental properties, and it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time during tax season. Stessa organizes all of your rental property financials and automatically creates all the reports you need to file your tax return. And Stessa teamed up with the top real estate CPAs to offer you, best ever listeners, the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you maximize your deductions. Get that copy when you sign up for an account that counts free. So get the copy by going to stessa.com forward slash best taxes. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash best taxes. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? 
The Invest This podcast, hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer, interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Best ever book you've recently read? Best ever book was, besides the best ever real estate investing advice by you, Joe, is Crushing It in Commercial Real Estate by Brian Murray. Best ever deal you've done? This 20-unit deal in central Pennsylvania. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? Well, one thing is in the accounting, I was using my same CPA, and basically what they did was they depreciated all my renovation costs across 30 years, and I had to catch it later and then pay to do the refiling to do that properly. So I would say get a professional real estate CPA earlier. Best ever way you like to give back? I really like to do things like trash cleanup and plant trees in the places that I invest just to spruce up the community. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? You can go to my YouTube channel, Capel Real Estate, K-A-P-E-L Real Estate, or you can email me at capelrealestate at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about your 20 unit, how you structured it with your partners. You know, one follow-up question on that structure, is there any preferred return on the structure or is it just whatever percent ownership you have in the deal, that's the percent of cash flow that you get? There is a preferred return. What is it? It is currently at 5%. Cool. And you said currently, so is it, yeah. does it change throughout the deal? No, I would say that's where it is right now. It does not change throughout the deal. Cool. Well, really enjoyed learning about that deal and thanks for bringing it up talking about the lessons learned and what you all have done over the course of the past 12 or so months to improve the property. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. Really appreciate it. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.